I don't know who you guys have. Who do you have? Uh, we have Stevenson. We have Ezekiel. We have Juju Smith. <laughs> you have to stop and think about it, right? We have yeah. Pop Douglas, a rookie. We have Devonta Parker. We listen. We we have enough. Welcome to the Sim Podcast Show. I'm your co-host Eric, and I'm always joined by my co-host Ron. What up, Ron? What's going on? And you know what today is? Today is the Giants, the New York Giants review. And for that special New York Giants review, we got a special guest on the podcast. He goes by the name of Chris, New York's finest. What up, Chris? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And thank you for enlightening us on what is going on with the New York Giants. Let's let's not even, I mean, should we even review what they did last year? Chris, in your own words, what did they do last year? We went 9-8-1, right? And I think it's a lot better than what a lot of people did. Uh, a lot of people thought we were going to do. I felt like we probably should have came out of there with 11 wins. The tie shouldn't have been a tie. But I definitely feel like we exceeded a lot of people's expectations, especially with Dayball being a first-year head coach. Yeah, I think uh, you definitely overachieved. Would you say that? It was oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. With everything, like with like a makeshift offensive line, with Saquon getting hurt, right? With a lack of weapons on, you know, both sides of the ball. I feel like we did way better than what people thought we would have done. Yeah, I think I think you hit it right on the nail. Uh it was definitely a a overachievement performance, but then is that going to carry over into this year, Chris? Let's, you know, and that's something that we're going to talk about during this podcast. So let's just dive right into it. Let's go and look at the quarterback position. Danny Dimes. Chris, what was your grade on Danny Dimes? Uh, this year, my grade on Daniel Jones is I give him a C plus, man. I feel like he started coming into his own a little bit. I'm excited for this year to have a second year in with Mike Kafka, which is big, right? Um, I feel like he's he's definitely a dual threat in a sense to where he can make short throws, right? But I think he was only making short throws because we didn't have weapons. Um, and now, you know, I think everyone has to respect his feet, right? I think on the offensive side of the ball for the Giants, you have to account for 11 players, right? Not There are some, you know, teams that, you only have to account for 10 because the quarterback isn't really anything. But I think for the Giants, you have to account for Daniel Jones because if he takes off on the option or a scramble or just make like extending a play, um, I, I think, you know, he, he's he's getting his just due. So I rated him a C plus is a big year for him. We gave him four year 160. So he, he, you know, he has to do something right. He has to be better than he was last year. He has to throw more touchdowns. Um, and I think Kafka is going to put the ball in his hands a lot more. Ron, you also gave him a C. Uh, do you agree with everything that Chris just said? Yeah, I think the talent has always been there. It's just him putting it together. Um, second year with this coach, um, I, sh- I think he'll continue. We'll continue to see improvement. 
I think he, as far as talent, he he's, he has tools to be a top, I'd say, 10 quarterback in the league. Can he be consistent? I think consistency is the word. Um, and the question I, I'll have as we get later on is, does he have enough tools around uh, to be successful too? Listen, I know, looking at my grade, last year I gave him an F, which looking wow. back... Looking back, it was harsh, and he did prove me wrong with his performance. This year, I was going to give him a C, but I went to a D. And not because of his performance. I actually, this has nothing to do with uh, Daniel Jones. It has more to do with the Giants front office. Because I, in my heart, he's not worth $160 million. He's just not. I know what you're going to say, Ron. Yes. You're going to say that's the, the market, market. That's the market. market. Is what the market is. Dictates exactly. all that yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And listen, I understand all that. He's still not worth $160 million. Listen, I don't think any so of these quarterbacks are worth what they're right getting. You're right in that sense, right? Like, he's not worth $160 million. I think it's it's twofold. He's not worth $160 million, but like Ron would say, the market dictates it, right? But then... As this is going to be really painful for me to say, right? But it's a lot easier to find a running back, right? Because their shelf life is shorter than it is to find a quarterback. It's just, that's just the nature of the game. Like, they're not getting beat up as much as a running back is. So is it easier for them to pay the quarterback and hold on to them longer? Because if you don't have a quarterback on your team, it, it takes so much longer to rebuild. You can get a running back, even though Saquon is a generational back, Right, and I, I love him to death. It's a lot easier to find someone like Saquon or another Saquon than it is to find, like what Ron said, is a potential top ten, top twelve quarterback in the league. It's, it's, it's you can't do it. But see, I wouldn't pay Justin Herbert what he's getting, or Lamar what he's getting, or Jalen, you know, any of those top guys. But the market is what it is, and. You know, if you want a starting franchise quarterback, you got to pay him. I think, obviously, the, the Giants are in a position where it was either you have faith in him and you pay him what he's worth, uh, or you let him go and you start with a rookie, start all over. Uh, I think they yeah. made the right made the right choice. You know, they don't get to dictate what the price is. That's that's what it is. I just feel like, yes, their options, if any, was very limited. If any. I don't think they had an auction, obviously, because they paid him. But I just don't feel... I mean, Chris, you're a Giants fan. Can Daniel Jones get you to the Super Bowl? Um, Potentially, I think he can, right? I think there needs to be some evolution of weapons, right? Some more weapons or, you know, a, a top-end wide receiver, right? Um, but I think inevitably he can, right? I think our defense is starting to line up as it should, so... Could he get us there? Yeah, I think so. The one thing I want to circle back on what you said, sir, was like the grade you gave wasn't because of Daniel Jones. It was because of the front office. Where I think the front office, especially this offseason, Joe Schoen is arguably top three GM in the league with everything that he's done with the minimal amount of cap space, the, you know, the, the low picks that he's gotten. If you think about it, we signed Daniel Jones, we re-signed Saquon, we got Darren Waller, we got Isaiah Simmons, like we got John Michael Schmitz, we got Jalen Wyatt, like we got people. And he did it with 
the leftovers that Dave Gettleman had, right? So I don't think you can give an assessment on the front office of the Giants because I think the front office of the Giants did a heck of a job this offseason. Well, well, we'll talk about the defense, Chris, because the defense, I think, underperformed last year. And they had a easy, easy schedule last year. And they still, in my opinion, underperformed. But we'll get to that. Let's just get to the wide receivers. Uh, Chris, what did you give the, the wideouts? So I got the wideouts at a C. Um I don't. I, I think they're an average group. I don't think they have. We don't have a solid one, right? So we'll have a mix of Slayton and Shepard, even though he's injury prone. Um, I like Paris Campbell for speed, and then I like you know Jalen Wyatt too. He's he, I think coming out of Tennessee, I think he's gonna, he's going to play some some big things for us. What I like about the front office and what they're doing right now is they're not. They're not drafting and they're not getting people per position. They're looking at athletes, right? And they're getting fast athletes too because you can't teach speed. So if you look at all the other people in the leagues like the Miamis or the Kansas Cities, they're getting these skill position players that are fast, right? And if you can't catch them, you know, we should be able to score as long as we hold up on the offensive line piece and everything like that. But I like what we're doing. We may not have like key marquee players, but having a bunch of solid role players could be, you know, just as impactful as having, you know, one big name wide receiver. Uh, what do you think, Ron? Do you think uh, not having a number one is going to hurt this team? Yeah, it's, to me, it's the same argument I made when we did the past review. Um, if you put a bunch of twos and threes out there, your offense is going to struggle a little bit. You have to have that guy, and they don't have that guy uh, at receiver. Yeah. Now it's still early, right? They can maybe draft one next year and develop them or whatever. Um, so they still got time. Uh, it's going to be harder now with Daniel getting that contract and stuff uh, to sign players, but they're missed. That's what they're missing. And you know, I talked earlier about weapon. Um, if they had a number one option, um, and I do like the tight ends, we'll get to that in a sec, but if they had a number one receiver, uh, someone who's just a dog, um, uh, I, I would rate them higher, but to me, they're they're slightly below average. Uh, I think too much pressure is on players like Hyatt, who's a rookie. Wendell Robinson, I don't think he played last year, right? Um, he got hurt. Yeah, he was hurt the whole year, so he, you know he's coming back from injury. Too much pressure on those young guys. They need they need to have like uh, you know a stud uh, veteran. They don't have that, of course. Yeah, I went I went with a D because. Same things that you guys just mentioned. There's not a number one. They have a bunch of number twos. I do like Isaiah Hoggins a lot. Mm -hmm. I really like him, but he's unproven, right? We don't know what he's going to be capable of. And if we're saying, well, he's capable of being number one, that's really not good enough. Until he actually does it and you're like confident that Daniel Jones has a, a true weapon. I'm not talking about the... No, Darren Waller. I'm talking about a true number one wide receiver. I just don't see it. I think that they're going to lean heavily on Saquon Barkley. That's just my opinion. Um, and speaking of Saquon Barkley, what did you give the running backs, Chris? So I gave the running backs a B, um, all because of Saquon. I don't really feel like we have a lot of depth 
there, right? But I think Saquon just being Saquon within itself brings us there. If we would have kept James Robinson, I would have put us up at like an A because I feel like he's a, a decent, like a decent back to have. You know, he was a thousand yard rusher um, for the Jags, and I like. Um, oh my God, his name has just slipped my mind. The guy we got from San Francisco, Breda. Um, Breda. Um, yeah, I like Matt Breed. I think Matt Breed is a good third down back, right? And he's fast and stuff like that. But like I said, I don't feel like the Giants, I don't think we have enough depth at running back. I mean, I don't necessarily think you'll need it with Saquon, even though a lot of these teams are going by like running back by committee. But um, I, I, I think we'll be, I think we're a solid B. I think we have top five running back in the game for sure with these healthy, you know, top three when he's healthy for sure, but definitely top five. Yeah, um, Ron, you gave him an A. Yeah. You like this running back group? Well, I did when they had James Robinson. I filled this out a couple of weeks ago. It didn't make sense that they dropped him. Um, I thought that he was going to be huge for them uh, this year. And I don't know what their backup plan is. I guess we'll find out next like week or so. But uh, Saquon, I love Saquon. I think he's the best back in the league. Um, no disrespect to like Derrick Henry or Naj or any of those other guys. I just think Saquon is like a once in a lifetime run back. And, you know, I'll say that to stop playing. Uh, I think when healthy, I think he's so basically two years. Hall of Famer. You know, <laughs> I think that's that's how good he uh, is. Disrespect. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, you know, if he if he stays healthy, I think they'll be fine. If he gets hurt, uh, then they're going to have a problem. Yeah, I think that they're going to be a one dimensional team unless, you know, Daniel Jones really steps up, but Saquon, I went, I went, I went from an A to a B for that same reason, because they really, James Robinson, even though the Patriots dropped him, they dropped him, they traded for him, and then they dropped him, and I don't know if that injury was, it was concerning enough for the Patriots, and I don't know why the Giants or son dropped him, because I think he's a pretty good running back. I think Matt Breed, I'm. It's in that level, maybe maybe a notch underneath, but if you have Barkley, I mean, what else do you need? Like you said, as long as it's healthy, you're going to win a game, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to the tight ends. Uh, Chris, what did you give him? I gave him a B. I like uh, Dan Waller, of course. I think Dan Wallace is going to be a huge X factor for us, and I think that's going to help us circumvent not having a one receiver if you think about you know just giants history we've always been solid at the at the tight end level from mark bavaro days jeremy shockey right and now we can go into like the the evan ingram era right i mean Evan, i'm sorry the, the dan waller era. even evan ingram was good for a short period of time but then we have the dan waller era right and i think if he can remain healthy as well i feel like that that's going to be the big piece right because the best ability is availability if he can stay healthy man it's going to open up so much stuff because now you have to account for him and then you got daniel bellinger on the other side and i don't know if you guys see daniel bellinger in the offseason but that dude turned into a genetic freak he's huge man he got so big and he's he's just a tough-nosed guy to play So I'm a big fan of both of them. And if we can implement something where we have two tight ends out there, right, and both of them can block and, and then you can put, um, you can split out Dan Waller and he becomes like a, a you know, a, a mismatch for the linebackers or, you know, even some of the DBs that are going to try to guard him. 
it's going to open up a lot of passing lanes for other people, the running lanes for Saquon. So uh, I give him a B. Uh, Ron, what did you give the tight end? I gave an A. Uh, I, you know, top Waller is a top five t- tight end in the league when healthy. No doubt about that in my mind. Um, and I agree with everything he said about Bellinger. I think they, two of them are studs. I think Wall is going to be, assuming he's healthy, a huge impact to that offense. Um, oh, yeah. They, you know, it's going to make a big difference to the offense. I still think they need a, a receiver, an outside option. Uh, but I think Waller is, if he's healthy, he's probably a lock for a thousand yards. I like I like uh, Darren Waller a lot. Um, I think he's probably going to be Jones' number one option. To be honest with you, I I do see him racking up a thousand yards catching. Um, I think Banjer put in all that extra weight, all that extra muscle because. He's not really a pa- a, catch- a catching tight end. I mean, he's mainly there to block for Saquon Barkley. I think that that's Saquon Barkley is option one, and then if that's not there, Darren Waller is option two. And I think you should win games with that combination. If your defense is up to part, I don't know if the defense is there yet. We're going to talk about it, but before we get to the defense, let's talk about the O-line. Chris, what was your grade for the O-line? I'm giving the O-line a B. Um, I think Andrew Thomas is arguably a top five tackle in the league. Evan Neal kind of underperformed last year, right? I don't know if it's rookie jitters or not, but I feel like he'll be better this season coming in. Um, and then I'm, I'm a huge fan of John Michael Schmidt, and I know we'll talk about like you know what rookies we like more later on, but having... A solid left tackle, you know, a solid right tackle, and a solid center, that's big. That That's really big, right? So I, I, I give him a B, you know, really off the strength of Andrew Thomas, right, carrying the load. But I, I feel like the offensive line we're going to have is going to be pretty solid. It's not going to be makeshift. We're not going to have to, you know, try to figure out where we can stick people. And again, it goes back into the same thing we've been saying. They remain healthy. I think we could have a solid offensive line. Ron, what do you think about this offensive line? Probably not as sold uh, on them. I gave them a C. I think they're uh, middle of the pack, if you will. Um, you know, I think they're an average uh, line. They got to stay healthy. Um, you know, we'll we'll see how they do this year. I went with the C because, I mean, Evan Neal. You can you can just throw away his rookie season because I don't know if. That was the best of him. Uh, I think he's in the same boat with Andrew Thomas. They kind of develop players. And they're not even on the practice squad. These are actually your starting offensive line are developing people as you go. Basically, you're playing, but you're also getting better. That's not a good combination in my eyes. I no, think they're that... They're young. young, right? So well, it's only do you want here. Jones to yeah. be running for his life? Every time he goes back, no, you don't want that. Andrew, Andrew Thomas, Andrew Thomas was an All Pro tackle, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he—he he, if you look at the stats for him, he was—he had a great year last year, great year, that's not why, a good year. He had a great year. That's why Neil's playing right tackle, not left tackle. You yeah. know, he's yeah, so you, hey, you got your best. You, you put you always put your best person at the left tackle position, right? right? That's that's him, and I think he's going to anchor it, and then. 
Schmitz, you know, man, JMS is, he's, he hit the ground running, right? He came out and he's been the number one center for us since he came in. And I, I think that's going to be solid for us. I think he's going to perform really, really well. He's performed well during the preseason. I get it. It's just preseason. But um, I think momentum in, is, is a real thing, right? If you can carry that through the season, the week one is going to be the tail. Right? That, that's going to be it, right? Let's see how you do. Yes, I, and I like Smith. I think Smith was a good center. Andrew Thomas, same thing. I just, the rest of the crew needs to mesh, right? Definitely, yeah. Evan Neal needs to have a better year. I just, I mean, I feel like you have Daniel Jones, overpaid. Uh, you have Saquon Barkley, you have Darren Waller. You have good, good weapon. But again, same thing. I want to see, I want to see the O line kind of develop and be better. I wanted to see some yeah. improvement before I graded them higher than a C. Uh, let's go. Let's go to defense because defense is where I had a a second look and I was like, oh, maybe I don't feel as good about the defense. Let's talk about the linebackers. Ron, before we get to Chris, Ron, you gave them a D. Why did you give them a D? I actually just changed wow. it. I just changed it again, just, you know, just to put it all out there. I did this about a month ago. Uh, things have changed. They got Simmons now. So I just did, ra I raised it to a C. And it, honestly, I think it could be better. Simmons, uh, obviously, a huge pickup for them. I think they needed it. You know what it is? Um, seventh, seventh round pick pickup. Yeah. You know what it is? I'm not, and I've never been sold on Thibodeau. Uh, I need to, I need to see what he's going to give us this year. Uh, I, I just, I've not sold on him. You know, I think he needs to be where he's drafted. He has to be a double digit sack guy, 15 or, you know, right around that. Uh, I don't see that him giving them that. Chris, what, what did you rank the linebackers? I got him at a C, but it's a high C, like teetering closer to a B. Um, I'm a big fan of Thibodeau, actually. I, I like his motor. I like how he gets off the ball, right? I think you have to account for him, without a doubt. And then Isaiah Simmons is a huge pickup for us. I mean, that talk about a hybrid player. I think he can be all over the field, but I think we're going to have him rushing off the ball. And then we picked up Bobby Okikrake, right? Like, he's a tackling machine, right? He gives me... He gives me a lot of like Antonio Pierce vibes, right? And when so when Antonio Pierce was leading that defense for us, I mean we were a pretty solid defense. So um, I'm giving the linebacking core a high C. To Ron's point, I think if everyone plays to their ability, I think they'll creep into like the the B spot. I went with a uh, it was going to be a B, and then I changed it to a C because. They didn't do that well against the run last year. I think they were ranked 28th uh, overall against the run. And I was like, this is where I know that it's the defensive line's job, but your, line, your linebackers were getting pushed back every time they went for a run. So I just, I just want to see that consistency. And I think that with the pickup, with the inside linebackers, I, I want to see them stuff some people. That's why I went from a B to a C. But again, the schedule makers were not as good last year as they are this year. I think they're going to have real competition this year. 
especially in a division where you have the Eagles and you have the, the Cowboys and you have the uh well we're not gonna talk about the command. I don't know what I don't know what I don't know what to call them. Because they don't even know what to call themselves. <laughs> I think I saw I saw like a uh online like hey why don't we change it back to the Redskins? I was like hey why don't we just call the n-word to everybody that plays out yeah, there it's they like, shot that down real quick oh my god I, I i don't even know but i'm digressing let's let's talk about the uh cornerback uh chris what'd you give the cornerback oh i think this is our oh man chink in the armor right i think this is our our weak spot I give him a, a C, right? Um, only because we got Deontay Banks, right, out of Maryland. Otherwise, I would have put us at like a D. Because I need more from Adori, right? I need more from Xavier McKinney. Like, I need these people to, to play well. And they just didn't, right? But I think there was a, it was a perfect storm last year, right? Like, we had a lot of injuries on the defensive line, a lot of injuries at linebacker. So when you can't get that rush from your front seven, it's really hard to play corner, right? It's really hard to mimic people's moves down the field and breaking away and stuff like that. So um, I'm going to give them a C, right? Um, but reserve the right to drop them down uh, if they are if they don't play too well. Ron, what grade did you give the cornerbacks? Yeah, I was flip-flopping a little bit here too. I initially gave them a D and then I switched to a C and I, you know, I'm thinking maybe I need to leave them a D, but... I, I love Deontay Banks. I think he's one of the top corners that came out. Um, he was rumored to be going to the Steelers, um, you know, before we, we traded up to, to get Broderick Drone. Um, I think he's a stud. The other guys behind him, the guys that have been there, I wasn't sold on them last year. What did I give them last year? I think I gave them C last year. Uh, yeah, C last year. So, you know, I think Deontay is going to be a little bit of uh, improvement for them, but I think this is an area they're going to have to address in. I actually give him a D only because, and I know they, Deontay Banks should help some of those issues. At least he should grab the number one receiver for the other team. But then you have Nickel. What's your dime package? What's, I mean, who are you throwing out there? You just have all these people. Do you have depth? I just, I don't like what they did. I know, and, and the, the New York Giants shouldn't be. They shouldn't have a problem paying people. I feel like the GM for the New York Giants has some restrictions, which really he shouldn't because he's a New York Giants. I mean, who, who owns the Giants? The Mara family, right, Chris? The Mara and Tish family. But that's a big problem too, right? Because they're like the, the Hatfields and the McCoys, man. They don't, they don't get along. The problem with it, so Joe Showing. He's done everything that he's could with what he's had, right? So David Gettleman, who was our GM previously, he's the one that dropped the bag for us. I mean, he's the one that bid against himself to get Kenny Galladay and like all this other crazy stuff, right? Like the best thing that he did was make the trade to where the Bears were able to get Justin Fields and we got that additional draft pick, which led to Evan Neal and Avon Thibodeau. Like that's the best thing that he did. Other than that, he put us in just a a, a financial struggle, and now Joe Sherwood is trying to figure that out. Because if he didn't do that, we wouldn't have had any problems paying for Saquon. We wouldn't have had any problems paying for Daniel Jones. 
So it's not this GM. I think this GM is doing a phenomenal job with, with the cards he was dealt. And it's just Dave Gettleman screwed us when he was our GM. He wasn't a good GM in Carolina either. I don't understand why we, we paid him, why we took him. Listen, I don't want to hate on uh, Gettleman too much, but he did hire uh, Joe Judge as a head coach. Uh, and that should never happen. That should have never happened. Judge. I don't care how prepared he showed up. And how pumped New York fan base was the first year. He's just terrible. And I know he's in the he's on the Pats coaching staff. And I know he stays there even though he I think he might still get paid by the Giants. I think didn't you guys give him a like a four year, three year contract? So I don't know, man. I, I try to forget that time. <laughs> you try to you try to race out of your mind. I, I yeah, he's yeah, basically rough, he's basically pay, he's basically coaching for the past for free. So yeah. listen, he Joe got like a Bob, he got like a Bobby Bonilla deal, man. Like, yeah, he's, he's just he's just collecting checks. Even though he he's done with the Giants, he's collecting check while coaching the Pats. All right, what Chris did you give the safeties? Um, so I think it falls in the same realm, right? I think they fall into the, the C space. I think Xavier McKinney is a beast, but that's all we have is Xavier McKinney, right? Like we don't have anybody else besides him. I think the other guy we have is Jason Pinnock and I don't think he's proven enough. So I, I just off the strength of Xavier McKinney, I'm going to put this at a C because I really like him, right? Like I feel like he's like, a young stud at the safety position for sure. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a C. Ron, did you change it or did you keep it? I left it at a D this time. I like McKinney. I think it's his second year, right? Um, in the league, the second or third, I can't remember. But uh, he's he's solid. But the guys behind him, I have never heard of him to be honest with you. So um, you know, I I, I gave them a, a D. I think, again, defensive back is going to be one of those positions that they're going to have to address at some point with youth. It's going to be have to, you have to be in the draft because of the way the contracts are now with paying quarterback, you have to find some young talent to develop those guys. So it's going to be another two, three years before they, they're able to put like some of those pieces together. Yeah, we're going to have to give them like some time, right? I think that's the biggest thing. And I don't mean time like it's experience in the... In the league, I think it's more of the Thibodeaux of the world, the um, the Dexter Lawrence's, right, the Leonard Williams, like all those people in that front seven. They have to bring pressure because if we don't, and Wink, Wink should be bringing pressure, especially with like Isaiah Simmons in there now, right. So if we can get to that quarterback quick, it's gonna you know take take all the pressure off the DBs, right. If we're not strong there, we can't have them chasing around these wide receivers forever because that's when we start falling apart. Yeah, I just say I give them the same grade as I did the corners. It was a I went with a D, but then I moved it up to a C because I think that again the front seven, even though overall your defense was not that good last year, but you won games. So go figure. It just I feel like yeah, there were close games, and there was a couple of games where I saw that the defense, the offense. The defense gave over 200 yards passing. And I mean, that's like the league average, I think. It might be 300, but I think they did a 
a good average job. I just don't feel like it was phenomenal where it was a shutdown defense. And that's basically what we want. We want a shutdown defense. Especially if you have a running back like Saquon Barkley. Uh, Chris, what did you do? What did you grade did you give on the D-line? So the D-line is probably the strongest spot for me. I give him a B. Um, I really like Big Cat. I really like Dexter Lawrence. I actually just got his um, his jersey not too long ago. He's probably one of my favorite players on the team. I like Sean Robinson. Um, so I feel like the defensive line is the strongest part of our defense, right? Um, because it, it's solid, man. Like If we can make sure that they remain healthy, again, we had a lot of games last year where Leonard Williams was hurt or Dexter Lawrence was hurt. But if those guys stay healthy, they are a problem to deal with. I mean, you got Dexter Lawrence at the nose tackle position. I think had like eight sacks or nine sacks last year. And that's that's unheard of for a nose tackle, man. That's like, that, that's really, really good. So, um, yeah, I, I give them a B, right? If they, if they stay healthy, they are a, a those two, Williams and, and Lawrence, they're, they're a tough pill to swallow. Ron, what'd you give him? I gave him a C. I'm not. I like those guys. The depth is going to be a concern. Um, they don't have a lot of depth uh, behind those guys. So I gave them a C. Uh, I think it's be a lot in a long season uh, to expect them to stay healthy and to get keep getting 65-70% of the snaps and to, to have success. That's a lot to ask. You gotta have to have guys behind them and I don't I don't know if they have sufficient depth along the D-line. Yeah, I gave them a C, and this is not because of the names you just mentioned, Chris. I gave them a C because they were ranked horribly last year against the run. They were ranked horribly, and when I look back and I look at the at the uh, game from last year, you gave the Ravens 211 yards rushing. You gave... And you actually won that game. So go figure. Then you gave the Eagles 253 yards rushing. Again, you lost that game. Then 165 yards rushing to the Cowboys. I just want to see them come up. I want to see them actually, you know, stuff some people. I know that the Eagles, the Ravens, they ha- and the Cowboys have good offenses, but... This is where you make you make a name for yourself, right? Forget about the individual people. Yes, I think uh, you know as an individual they're great players, but as a group, I want them collectively to like actually stop somebody. So what happened last year? Why they gave so many yards on the grunt? Yeah, man. I think it goes back to what we've been saying about the Giants the whole time, right? I think we've had a lot of games where people got injured. Right. And it's hard to just put everything on, you know, Dexter Lawrence trying to clog up the middle. Linebackers not doing what they're supposed to do. Right. And if your next man up isn't playing at a high quality, I mean, you're going to give it up. We've had, we have games where we gave up a lot of big runs. Right. So if you think of trying to stop the damn RPO with Jalen Hurts or trying to stop J.K. Dobbins and, and Lamar Jackson, like those, those are big time players. Right. But, it, it doesn't give us any excuse to why we shouldn't be able to do it. I mean, even with that being said, I think we were ranked like 20-something in it. But if we can't have our best players on the field, it's going to hurt us, right? 
and that just goes to show you, imagine if we had everybody healthy as we should have. I feel like we'd have been way better than what we ended with. I mean, we could have been in a good fight. Or I, I definitely think we would have got second place in, in our division. I think the Eagles ran away with it for sure. But um, if we if we could stay healthy, I think the Giants could be a problem on defense. It's just, again, it goes back to the state, right? The best ability is availability. If you get hurt, then it, it, it's tough. And to Ron's point, if you have these people playing 75, 80% of the snap, you know, there's a good chance people get injured. That's why you need to have, you may not, you don't have to have superstars as backup, but you need to have quality back. So if you don't do that, it's, it's going to hurt you. And it goes back to, you know, to me, it goes back to the money issue. Like this, I know Getterman kind of messed it up for a showing, but you should have money available if you need good players. And I think, I don't know why the Giants do this. I know. I just feel like if you're like, you know, I don't want them to be like the Dallas Cowboys who just spent, spent, spent. I just want them to be competitive to the to the point that where if they need somebody to plug in, or they need a player to plug in, they can just go and get them. So, Chris, yeah, I, what, we, what's, were, we were good with that, too. The problem was like, and I go back to the Kenny Galladay situation. We gave Kenny Galladay four years, 72 million dollars. That's insane. He wasn't that good in Detroit. Right, he's a mediocre receiver at best. Right, definitely a strong number two, not a number one. But giving up that type of money is is craziness, right? Not not for him. Like if you would have gave that up for like a DeAndre Hopkins back then, or you know somebody like that's understandable. But Kenny Galladay, uh, no, no one could see it. No one could see it. Okay, let's go to special teams, Chris. Chris, what was your grade for the kickers? Oh, I, I love Graham Gano, right? And I and I don't think I'm in the minority when it comes to this, but I think Graham Gano is a top five kicker in the league. I gave Graham Gano a he, just in his last preseason game against the uh, the Jets, he had two fifty five plus yard field goals. I'm a big Graham Gano fan. Kickers, I gave them a B. I like Gano. I think they're solid, no concerns there um, at all. Uh, return, I think I gave him a C. Um, you know, I. We'll see. I think Eric Gray is their main punt returner, at least. Um, we'll see what he can do, but, you know, I'm not overly... Chris, what did you give the return? I give the returns a C, right? I think it's just going to be a matter of who do we put back there and who's the fastest, right? And I, I think it, it, it's probably going to change week to week. So, and I think you're right. I think Eric Gray is back there still. Uh, but I give him a C. I don't think they're anything like crazy i think they're just a run of the mill you know what i'm surprised i i i know a, a dory jackson's probably up there in age now or he's getting up there but when he first came in the league he did really good at returning uh punts and stuff surprised yeah. he he wasn't even really given a shot to do that yeah yeah i remember when the giants had jabril peppers back there man and i was a big fan of him doing that too but um i feel like special teams more and more every year especially with like rule changes it's starting to fade out. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it doesn't really make a difference, especially on kick. All right, so let's get into the nitty-gritty of all this jazz, and let's talk about our predictions. And let's talk about with the uh, first game. Sunday, September 10th, Cowboys come into town. Chris, why did you give the Giants? I have a win for the Giants. I think it's going to be a statement game. I actually think it's going to be a statement game for um, Daniel Jones, right? He's going to have to come out there and prove it. 
Um, and I feel like I feel like the Giants take that one. Um, I think it's going to be, like I said, a big game. There's going to be a lot of like tension in the air. You know, I feel like the, the Dallas Giants rivalry is always a big one. Um, and starting out the Sunday night primetime game, Daniel Jones is going to have a lot of scrutiny with that contract. Ooh, I'm excited for it. Um, I'm actually going to be on my honeymoon uh, for that game, and I will be watching it probably at like four o'clock in the morning. So um, I'm pretty excited. All right. So Chris is going to be watching this Cowboys losing. We all agree that this should be a W for the Giants. You like the Giants as well? Yeah, I, I, guess, I don't think it's going to be automatic, but I think, you know, I think I'm not sold the Cowboys haven't been. For a couple of years now, so the yeah, Giants can pull this off at home. Uh, next game, week two, Sunday, September 17th. Yeah, I got to win it. I don't even know who the Cardinals have anymore, right? I feel like if they rolled us three out there to play the Cardinals, I think we'll give up a good chance. Uh, but I, I got the Giants taking that game too, starting off the season two now. Yeah, I don't think we need to elaborate. Cardinals are a mess. They're tanking. For yeah, sure. they're tanking for sure. Uh, week three, it's a Thursday game, September 21st. At San Francisco, right? Yeah, it's yep. at San Francisco. Yeah, well, we're definitely losing that game. I feel like the um, the 49ers are so solid on defense, right? If George Kittle stays healthy, he's a problem. You got CMC out there. I don't necessarily believe in the whole Brock Purdy situation, um, but he just has to be a game manager to win that game. I don't, I don't think we have enough to beat them on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I, I give it to the to the 49ers. Uh, do we need to say that? Because we agree that this should be a loss for the Giants, right? Yeah, but, you know, I think it's going to be closer. I'm not sold on Purdy either. Um, I, you know, but, you know, San Francisco defense is elite. And it's going to be tough for the Giants to go all the way out to San Francisco on a Thursday, especially, and expect to pull that one off. I think they're, I think they're staying on the West Coast because they got the Cardinals. That, oh, okay. Yeah, all right, that would make Yeah. Well, the next game is the Seahawks coming to town. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. The, the week four, it's, it's a Monday night game. Yeah. Uh, what'd you give them, Chris? I got us beating the Seahawks, man. I think the the fuse for Geno Smith is going to fizzle out. Although I um a fan of the wide receiver they just drafted from Ohio State, Jackson, I can't pronounce his last name, but yeah. Um, in Jigba, in Jigba, yeah, him. Jigba, I, I do, yeah. I do like him, but I, I don't know. Like, I feel like the Giants are going to be able to pull this one out. I feel like the Giants are always that team that beats teams that necessarily they may not, or they shouldn't be able to beat, um, and then that we wind up losing games to teams that we should beat. But I feel like we squeak one out against the Seahawks. Ron, you, you think they're better than the Seahawks? Yeah, I got them winning one um, at home on a Monday. You know, Seahawks are going to be a decent run-of-the-mill, like, you know, 9-8 and eight type of team. Um, I think the Giants can be able to pull that one. So you think they can be the Steelers, but they, they can't beat the Giants? Who can beat the Steelers? The Seahawks? Seahawks? I think the Steelers are going on the road, traveling overseas, yeah, to, to play. Oh, because I actually got them losing to the Seattle. I think Seattle is too good. I have... Don't like the cross country thing. East coast to the west coast is just not a good travel. Uh, 
schedule. And I think that they lose this one. Uh, week 5, Sunday, October 8th at Miami. What do you give them, Chris? So I have the Giants winning that game just based off the premise that I'm going to be at that game and we better win that game or I'm going to lose my mind if we don't win that game. Um, the big thing for us is Jalen Ramsey being hurt and hopefully he doesn't come back by then. If he doesn't, I feel like it's going to be a lot better for us. Um, I'm glad that they didn't sign Dalvin Cook. I'm glad that they didn't sign Jonathan Taylor, right? Um, we just have to worry about uh, Waddle and um, and Cheetah. But um, I feel like the Giants the Giants come out on top against the, the Dolphins. At least they better, because if not, I'm be mad I spent all these monies on this damn ticket. Okay, Ron, do you agree? Nah, I got them losing to the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are a better team. I got them losing too. I think that the Dolphins are a better team, not just because they Ramsey might not be there. I just don't, I just don't think that the Giants' defense is good enough. I think these high-powered offenses they're going to have trouble against. And this is when I look at the schedule. The first, you know, the first couple of games they don't play a high, high-powered offense until this game, and I think. I think that's a loss. But Sorry, are the Chris. Dolphins, are the Dolphins high-powered? Are they? Offense? I think if Tua plays, yes. If Tua doesn't play, then... Oh, I'm, my goodness. I'm not, I'm, not sold, I'm not sold on Tua either, right? Like, I don't think he's... Like, there's been so much talk about, like, yeah, you have Waddle and you have Cheetah and they're so fast and they can get down the field and be explosive. But if that ball doesn't carry, right, if you can't throw it to them... That's a big problem. I, I, I'm not sold on Tua, actually. That's why I, I feel a lot comfortable about this game or more comfortable than you guys. I, I'm not a big fan of, of Tua. And who knows what's going to happen in the first five weeks, right? Because, you know, if he gets banged up, who they put back there? I don't know who their backup is. Uh, Street, right? Last name is Street. I, no I have no idea. But, you know, with Tua, I think they were averaging close to 30 points a game. Crap like that. When after he got hurt, they they plummeted. No, they plummeted. Yeah, they plummeted. That's why if two is there, I think the Dolphins win it out. If two is not there, they just their average goes down in points because it's just nobody to like. Because Tua can run and pass. I think the Tua's backup is just pass friendly. I don't know. It's just. This is a game where we find out where the Giants defense are up to par with it. I think that this is a marquee game. Not unlike week six at the Bills. Uh, Chris, what'd you give them? Yeah, I think we're all going to have the same consensus with this. Even though it's painful because I would love to give Coach Dayball his win and, uh, you know, against his, his you know previous team. But I don't think we uh, I don't think we have enough. Well, I know, yeah. So I give us a I give that win to the Bills. Yeah, I don't think uh the Bills are in a different tier and Giants are definitely not there. Although I think their defense Bills defense might be questionable, but I still don't think that the with the offense that they have, Josh Allen, I think that should be enough. Do you agree? I do. Now I do think the Bills are gonna take a step back though this year. Uh, whether it's enough for them to beat the Bills, I don't know. I got I got the Bills winning. 
But I think it's going to be a winnable game. Uh, I think it's been a close game that the Giants win. And this is a New York battle, so and usually the Giants are up for this, right? Or is it the other way around? I know upstate New York doesn't like, uh, you know, New York City. bunch of liberals, a bunch of uh, immigrants. No, no, English only, okay? English only. Yep. Uh, week 7, Sunday, October 22nd. Uh, I guess against the commanders. And this is what I was saying the other day, or the other day, I mean, earlier on, right? I feel like the commanders are a team that we should beat, but just like last year, we tied, right? Like, I feel like it's going to be one of those situations again. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, we're, we're going to play down to the competition. And I think, I think we lose this game. You think you lose this game? Yeah. Ron, Ron, the, where are you with the commanders right now? Give us like a your little synopsis. Synopsis. Um, Ron Rivera, I think, is one of the worst coaches. In the league. Uh, I think, he's, I think he's freaking horrendous. He's horrible. Like, what? What did he say this week? Last week that it's just like that he didn't know he had a good quarterback. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he didn't know like how good his quarterback was or some crap like that. Then he said something the week before. I'm like, how's this dude still coach? You know, I, he's so overrated, ridiculous. And then I think last year he was like, "Oh, I didn't know that but, a tie." Yeah, yeah. It, <sighs> it, I mean, Chris, I know you gave him an L. I think that you beat the Commanders. I think the Commanders are a mess. I agree. I think we should beat the Commanders, but I feel like somehow, some way, something's gonna happen. Like the football gods are just gonna be on Washington's side that day. When we get to the next game, I, I feel like we're gonna split the season series. Yeah, but I got them splitting too. Yeah, it's it's gonna be one of those things where we're gonna we're gonna try to bounce back from the Bills game, or and we're gonna try to do too much and. You know, the enemy pulls something out of his hat, and we lose like on a double flea flicker reverse. But yeah, Ron, I agree with you. I think Washington is a mess. Yeah, they are. They need to get rid of him fast because it's not like they don't have talent. It's just him. Yeah. All right. This is going to be the battle for MetLife Stadium, Week Eight, Sunday, October 29th. I want to say the Jets come into town, but it's, they play there, so it doesn't really matter. Chris, what'd you give them? Oh man, this is painful. I think we lose this game too. Um, I think the Jets are, are very serious. Having AA Ron, having Brees Hill, having Dalvin Cook if he winds up getting there. Garrett Wilson is a problem on the outside, right? And then on the on the defensive side of the ball, having Quinnen Williams and Sauce, and I just they have Alan Lazard, right? I just feel like the Jets have enough um and, and I, I think they win man i think this is where the giant in the middle of the season where the giants go on their skid um and uh I, as painful as it sounds uh i think empire state building is going to be lit up in green after after this game ron do you agree yeah think the jets are too powerful i listen i think they have a good team i have the jets uh winning this game at the same time you know, it's just a matter of time. We talked about this before. We, before uh, Rogers blows up on somebody on the sideline. Um, so whether it's week eight or week ten, I don't know. Um, but the Jets, you know, they have a strong defense. Um, it's a really good weapons on offense, especially in the running game um, with with Reese Hall and Dalvin Cook. So uh, the Jets are going to 
with one. You know what? I haven't been drinking the Hard Knocks Kool-Aid yet. I no. know everybody's been watching Hard Knocks and they're just like, wow, this Jets team is unstoppable. Got Aaron Rodgers. You got uh, Wilson. You got Paul. Wow. Wow. You know what? I Pump the brakes. I just I just think the Giants can win this game. It's technically is at home. You know, they're going to be wearing the blue, even though the Jets play there. I just think by week eight, Aaron Rodgers has blown up <laughs> this whole entire team. Everyone just turns their back and they like, this guy is our quarterback. He just threw me on the bus. By week eight, he's going to throw half the team on the bus. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm sorry. I know that he's almost 40 or he turns 40. I think he's a good sack away from just like calling it quits. He he definitely not in the Tom Brady pantheon of goat, but every time I watch Hard Knocks, they call him the goat. Oh, the goat did this. The goat did that. He's not the goat. He's not the goat. Please stop calling him <laughs> that. He's not the goat. Uh, week nine at the Raiders. Chris, what'd you give him? I got to win. I'm going to that game too. Um, I don't know who the Raiders have right now. I mean, I know they got Josh Jacob, but I think that's kind of where it all stops. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know who's throwing to Devontae Adams. So uh, Garoppolo, yeah. right? Yeah, Garoppolo got... should be okay, but I gave him a, a win too. Did you give him a win for yeah. the Giants? Yeah. I don't. I don't think the Raiders have it figured out yet. And they're not going to have it figured out by weekend. They, I don't know what they're doing uh, personnel-wise. You get rid of Waller. They were trying to shop uh, slot receiver. Got his name. Really good, though. Uh, it feels like they're trying to hit the reset button. Uh, and they're going to be looking for a quarterback, quarterback market. Yeah, I, I just don't see Garoppolo lasting. You know, getting an extension. I don't see, I don't see that at all. Uh, week 10. At Dallas, Chris, what'd you give him? Uh, I think we split, right? I think we win opening night and we lose uh, going into Dallas. Ron, you feel the same way? Yep, got the exact same thing. So I got them uh, in Dallas. Yeah, I got them losing in Dallas too. I think they split this one. Uh, but then they have an easy game against the Commanders. What'd you give them? Yeah, this is the split that I'm talking about. I think Dabo kind of gets in their butt about it. Uh, I actually think we win this game, and I think we win by a lot, like two, three touchdowns win. I'm in agreement with Chris. I think this is a blowout. Ron, where are you? This is a loss, but I had them winning the first one, so this is the split. I got the commanders at home. So you, you think the commanders will figure it out by then? I think the commanders are going to be a seven and nine, eight and eight. Eight, nine, whatever uh, team, and you know they they have talent. Like I said, I think Ron Rivera's got what's holding back. Um, I just think that um, they're you know playing at home against Week Twelve, Sunday, November twenty sixth, against the Patriots at home. Chris, what'd you give them? I will gladly watch this game with you. Um, uh, I got the Giants winning this game. I don't think Matt Jones is is the answer for you guys, and uh, I know you have this stud running back in Ezekiel Elliott, but uh, I feel like the Giants take this one. Well, I respectfully disagree, Ron. Why'd you give him? <laughs> I got, 
Listen, I got the Patriots winning. I'm not very confident, though. Um, I don't know if they're a better team or, or if Patriots are a better team than the Giants. I think this can go either way. I got the Pats winning. Um, right now, the Pats got one quarterback on their team, though, so I have no idea what they're doing. Listen, I got the Pats winning just be- just out of nostalgia <laughs> because the Giants got two Super Bowl on us. So, yes, they got two Super Bowls, but when it comes to regular season... I think the I think the Patriots are better. Well, that's um, because you had Tom Brady for a while, right? I mean, I don't know if Mac Jones is Tom Brady. I do, I do, I can't compare Mike Jones to uh, Tom Brady, but I do like I like this game a lot. Do you think? Let me Go ask ahead. you this: Do you think Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Daniel Jones? The Battle of the Joneses? No, absolutely not. I think Mac Jones is. Uh, lower than Daniel Jones, but then we're not paying Mac Jones $40 million a year. Thornton's hurt. I saw he's on the IR. He was nothing. <laughs> he was Guy, nothing. He was, he was nothing. probably your second leading receiver last no, year, wasn't he? He didn't even play yeah, last year. Gonna, yes, he did. we watch this game together. <laughs> no, I will gladly come to your house and watch this game and then watch you just lose it. Same, same thing with uh, Ron. When I went to Pittsburgh, I watched him lose it. He was so mad and so angry that Listen, they we, lost to the Pats. We gave you that game. That's yeah. A lot see, see, he's still bitter about it. So we will, uh, we will make that plan on November Yeah, 26th. we'll make that plan. We'll watch it together. Uh, week 13, you get a bye. Week 14, at uh, the Packers come into town. What'd you give them? I, I feel like we got that win too, right? Uh, I don't believe in Jordan Love. I think we're all, they took, you know, Alan Lazard from them. We're just gonna key in on Aaron Jones. That's it. We're gonna have an eight-man box the whole time, and and we're gonna just make the windows there for Jordan Love's throw. And I don't think he has the ability to do it. I feel like we win that game. Uh, Ron, what did you think of him? I got them. The, the uh, Giants winning this game. Yeah, I got them winning too. I don't think the Packers are there yet. Even though I do actually like Jordan Love, but. I feel like he still needs to develop some more. So I got the Giants winning. Uh, week 15 at New Orleans. Chris, what'd you give him? I got us winning that game too. Um, I'm not a big fan of Derek Carr. Um, Michael Thomas is a shell of himself. Who knows what's going to happen with Kamara? I know he has five game suspension, right? But uh, you never know with him on which Kamara you're going to get. I think the only upside they have is Chris Olave. So um, I feel like the Giants pulled this one out in uh, in the Super Bowl. Ron, what'd you give them? I got I got the Giants beating them too. So I got them winning that game two in a row. Um, so yeah, I think they were a better team. I actually like the Saints in this game. I have them winning this game. The Saints. Uh, I don't like I don't like the fact that Derek Carr. Is the quarterback for the Saints, but I also like the fact that Derek Carr is quarterback. I don't know. It's this weird, like, love-hate relationship that I have with Derek Carr. But I think that they pull it out and they win this game. Week 16, it's a Monday night game at Philadelphia. Chris, what'd you give them? Man, it's a loss. I don't have much to say about it. We all agree nobody can touch the Eagles right now. They're the team to beat. Uh, Week 17, Sunday... New Year's Eve, Chris, at the Rams, what'd you give them? I got the Giants. No, the Rams. Yeah, I got the Giants uh, winning that game. 
We all agree the Rams are a mess, so that should be an easy victory. And then you close out the season, Sunday, January 7th, the Eagles come into town. Do we agree? Chris? No, no, we don't agree, right? Because I oh. think, I think oh. and only because I think the, the Eagles already button up their place in the playoffs. Um, and I think they're going to arrest people. And if that's the case, then I feel like the, I think the Giants are going to be fighting for that wild card spot. And so they're going to play all their people. And I think the, the Eagles are going to sit people. And I, I think we're going to squeak one out. Ron, do you agree? No, I got them losing. And a critical game that they need to win, I got them. So overall, because I also got them losing, I, I think the Eagles don't do that whole like, oh, we're going to take this game off for playoff purposes. I think they already have the number one seed lock up. So they know they're going to get going to get extra week of rest. Why not put your starters to play? They're not going to get two weeks off just because you locked it up. No, they're going to go hard. I think week 18, this is a loss. Uh, so what's your overall record, Chris? I got them going um, 11 and 6. Ron, what's the record for the Giants? 8 and 9. And they were 9 in, 9, 7 and 1 last year. I think they uh, take a slight step back this year. Um, so they're, they're 8 and 9. I don't think they're going to be as lucky uh, as they were last year. I kind of agree with you, Ron. 8 and 9 is what I have them going. I think... The, the schedule is a lot tougher than last year. I think last year it was a cakewalk. I think they have the best team in the division, which is the Eagles. That's not going to give you a cakewalk. And then they have some teams that, you know, you talk about with me, it was the Dolphins and Seahawks and then even some of the uh, Patriots. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's a tremendous, you know, uh, prediction, but I just feel like this schedule is a lot tougher. I don't, so, I don't know if it's I, tougher than that. Like, I think we're going off what we think the team, and I understand like they put the strength of schedule out there and stuff like that, right? And it, on paper, yeah, you have a tough schedule, but when you start looking at the teams, especially with like all the off-season movement and injuries that have occurred, like if we, if we look at some of these teams, like the Cardinals aren't tough, I don't think the Seahawks are tough, um, the commanders aren't tough. Like, we could mess around and win both of those games. I don't think the Raiders are tough. Um, you know, no disrespect. I don't think the Patriots are tough. I don't think the Packers are tough. The Saints aren't tough. It really boils down to the two games versus the Eagles. Um, the Cowboys are always a crapshoot. I think the Jets, the Bills, um, and the 49ers, like, those are going to be the really big, hard games for us. But it goes back to like the old Giants way, right? Like we figure out a way to beat teams that we shouldn't. And then we give up games to teams that we shouldn't. So I don't know. Yeah. I think at worst we'll be like 10 and 7. I think we get one game better than we did last year. Yeah, I don't think the schedule is the issue. I think the ball just won't bounce their way as as much as it did last year. I think it'll be a little bit tough for them um, this year around. Uh, and they, they're going to have to execute perfectly to, to win, uh, get the winning record. Uh, and if they don't do that, then they'll fall uh, below 500. So uh, I think there's just too much pressure on Daniel Jones to be perfect. You know, again, it goes back to the weapon round. And defense, I, I still think, is too young, 
missing a lot of pieces. Um, you know, so I, you know, I, I think they're two or three years out. I really do. I think that last year they overachieved. And by overachieving, I think they set up the expectation, especially with Giants fans. They just like, hey, man, look what we did last year, man. Nobody expected us to win. And then this year they have some holes that they have to fill. And I think that if they don't play to their potential, not only are they going to miss the playoffs altogether, but they're not going to make it far in that division. So, Chris, you think that they're going to be going for the wild card? Yeah. Because uh, the Eagles are going to own that division? Yeah, it's the Eagles division to lose, right? Even though the Eagles lost a ton of people on defense, I feel like their offense is still going to, you know, make make enough noise for them. And I mean, their defense is still good. I don't know if you've seen freaking the Georgia Bulldogs whole defensive line that they have, but yeah, those, those guys are serious. I feel like it's their division to lose for a while, but I think second place is um, is up for grabs. I think the Cowboys will cowboy eventually. I think the Commanders are a non-factor. So depending on how you know the cookie crumbles in some of these games, we could find ourselves in you know the second place spot for sure. You know, going into the wild card. Uh, so Chris, in your estimation, who is the MVP of this team? Who's going to carry this team to the promised land? Oh, it's so who is or who should be, right? I think that answer. Well, who, who should be? Who should be? Who needs, who to, should be? Be. Who needs to be, right? Who needs to be is Daniel Jones. Who it is is Saquon Barkley. I think that I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Like your your quarterback should always be the MVP of your team, right? Like he's the point guard, right? He he has the ball in his hands every single play, regardless if it's a running play or a passing play. So it should be Daniel Jones. He should go out there and make it known that, hey, I'm worth this $160 million, right? And you guys made the right decision. But who it is is number 26 from Penn State. That's, that's who it is. Do you feel the same, Ron? Yeah, I do. I, I think it needs to be the quarterback. I think Daniel Jones has to play at least as good as he did last year. And and quite honestly, I think he should play better this year. Um Sneaky MVP for me this year on that team is Waller. Again, going back to what I think about Waller, if he can stay healthy. If they do get in the playoffs, it's going to be because of Saquon and Waller. The two of them, uh, you know, just having... Uh, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of flip this a little bit because I really believe that defense wins championships. And Thibodeau, to me, I think he needs to step up. I'm not sure he's going to be the MVP of the team, but... I need to have... He was drafted number uh, number one, right? No, he was drafted number five. Number yeah. five, but he he went in the first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you draft a number five, be a number five player. Be a game changer. Forget about having all the uh, extra activities outside the field. I want you to show us that you're the, the number one five pick. I think that he needs to step up. Uh... Chris, last question. If everything goes to shit, I'm not talking about injuries. I'm not talking about the schedule. Whose fault is it? It's the same person's fault who should be the MVP. <laughs> There's only two people that get um, criticized in the papers for wins and losses. It's the head coach and the quarterback. Nobody else. So it, it the, the, 
the sword he's going to have to fall on, right? And the scrutiny that he's going to face for getting all this money and not performing, you know, if everything goes to shit, it's because of Daniel Jones, right? It's it's always going to be on the quarterback, regardless of what anybody says. It's always the quarterback's fault. And in this particular situation, it definitely would be the quarterback's fault because I feel like Joe Schoen did his best to get him some weapons, right? We signing Saquon, getting Dan Waller, Isaiah Hodges is coming up, right? You got Jalen Hyatt coming out of Tennessee. You know, you got some speedsters around you. I mean, granted, they're not elite weapons, but at least he can do stuff with it. But if the season goes down the shitter, it's definitely, it's definitely on Daniel Jones. And you got him locked up for 40 million a year. So you can't fire him if the yeah. season goes to shit. Yeah. So it's not, it's not going to be head coach. Ron, what do you think? Is Daniel Jones? So let's. Uh, so going to shit means what? Winning like six games or less or Meaning something. Meaning like they don't make the playoffs. They I, I underperform. Don't have, I don't have them winning. Because I think playoffs. Vegas has them at seven and a half. Yeah, I have them at eight wins. So if it's like worse than that, if it's like six wins, uh, that to me is going to shit. And yeah, Daniel Jones will take responsibility because he just got paid. Uh, he needs to be the quarterback. Uh, I think it's going to be, depending on what happens, um, it could be the GM. Because again, if players like Thibodeau don't make that leap like he's supposed to, you know, for a uh, guy who's drafted fifth overall pick, if he goes up and only puts up like six sacks or something like that in the season, and he doesn't make that jump, then it's going to be the GM. I, I agree. I think it's going to be the front office. I think they have to clear uh, house. Uh, they I just have so, to say. Man. I think the front office I think, is good. I know you like the front office, but I if like you lot. miss on the draft. You can't miss on Thibodeau. You cannot. You cannot so miss. You, you cannot miss on dress. If you think about it, he should have. Like Thibodeau is definitely, you know, he's 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 solid, right? I don't think he's elite yet or anything like that. But I I, I always go back to Gettleman. Like we passed up on, uh, we traded back from ten to twenty something and got Kadarius Tony, which inevitably led to the trade for Darren Waller, and we passed up on Michael Parsons. Like what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, a lot of a lot of people pass over Mike Mike Park. I don't. I listen. I'm right there with you, man. This this was a unicorn, but you already have a unicorn in uh, Saquon Barkley. So to me, Thibodeau has to be the other unicorn. He has to step up, and if he doesn't step up, I think you just feel the matter of family. You just go, hey, we gotta start from scratch. I think I like your head coach. I think your head coach is very, very good. He's a quarterback whisperer. He makes everyone better. Martindale, I think you have a good coordinator. It's just the pieces. The pieces are not there. Pieces need to be there. And I hope that this year the pieces mesh together. I I, I just I really the Giants have to be winning in order for that city to be buzzing. No, yeah. I know that the Jets the Jets are good. But if the Giants are not winning, New York City is pretty much dead. And that's just the way it is. I, I'm sorry, Jets fans. That's just the way it is. Yeah, the New York um, is definitely a, a, a giant city, right? And yes, it's a giant city. The, the Jets are always like the, the little brother. I think they'll always be the little brother for sure. Like if the Giants are winning, it's humming, man. It's just like in basketball. Like even though we have the Knicks and the Nets, but if the Knicks are winning, it's, it's a completely different vibe in the city. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to end the show there. We're going to thank Chris for coming on. Thank you for his time. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, man, thank you.
Anyway, I know you're going to two games, but I will see you when the Giants play the Pats. Ooh, that's going to be intense. That's going to be intense. Not for me, for Chris, because he's going to see his Giants lose. No way. So I'm sorry to say. I'm sorry to say. Is it at, uh, is, Chris, is it at home or is it, in, is it in Foxborough? No, it's at MetLife. Oh, it's we're, at definitely, we're definitely winning it. Okay, if you say so. Uh, in that case, uh, Chris would say peace. Peace. Right, man, have a good one, guys. Hey guys, thanks again for watching. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. Any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on uh, Shut Your Mouth Podcast at gmail.com. That's shutympodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us on Twitter or on Instagram at SYM Podcast. Thanks again.